Hi there, I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Welcome to the Spa Doctor Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking about how to avoid hormone disruptors in your home. My guest is Dr. Lindsay Berkson, who has been a leader in functional medicine and women's health for decades. She was a scholar at an estrogen think tank at Tulane University, where she worked with top scientists that have discovered how hormones function and dysfunction. Dr. Berkson is now a professor for physicians, pharmacists, and other healthcare professionals for continuing education courses on hormones, nutrition, and the environment. Dr. Berkson, Berkson has authored 21 books and hosts the Dr. Berkson's Best Health Radio. She had breast cancer 24 years ago and has made remission her mission. Dr. Berkson now specializes with science-based functional medicine tools in working with breast cancer survivors to do the same. On today's podcast, Dr. Berkson explains how a group of chemicals in our environment called endocrine disrupting chemicals are linked to a number of health issues that are on the rise. She walks us through a typical day and how we're exposed to these chemicals in our own homes. And she shares practical tips to reduce these exposures and boost detoxification to help protect our health today and for generations to come. So please enjoy this interview. Dr. Berkson, it's so great to have you on my podcast. Oh, I am excited to be here. You know, what used to keep human beings down for the whole history of the planet was that only the people in power had the information. And the little worker bees, they didn't know anything. And now with shows like yours, we can get critical information out to the everyday person so they can become empowered and hopefully live a safer life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's so true. I love doing this podcast to help get information out there. And we certainly are talking a lot today about educating and being aware. And I know some of this information might seem a little scary to people, but we also have some, some you know, you're going to have some solutions and tips. And we're talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals, hormone disrupting chemicals in our environment. And I, and uh, well, let's first explain what, what that is. We've talked about it some on the Spot Doctor podcast, but your research goes really deep. You've been studying this for a long time. So I'm excited to, ha to have you share your valuable information today. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote one of the very first books on endocrine disruptors uh, called Hormone Deception. Based on that book, I was invited to be a hormone scholar at the first environmental think tank with all the scientists that were putting together this whole new understanding. So around the 1990s, Lou Gillet was at the University of Southern California, and they started to discover in Lake Apopka that there were some alligators, male alligators, that had really tiny little wee-wees. He actually went out and measured the phallus lengths and discovered that male alligators were being feminized, and other scientists were noticing first in animal life that we were starting to have gender bending. Um, we had... University of Berkeley was able to show that atrazine that used to be heavily sprayed on apples, if they were sprayed on frogs, they could really make hermaphroditic frogs. They could change sexual preference and sexual reproductive capabilities by exposure to chemicals. Now, normally a hormone is part of your body's internet system. It sends emails to cells to tell cells what to do. Endocrine disruptors send uh, 
damaging emails to sell so you don't get your healthy emails. So endocrine disruptors can send, can mimic what your own body does, block the hormones your body should, the emails your body should send, amplify them. They can futz with the normal signals or emails that your hormones should send. And the big deal is that hormones aren't just about sexy and reproductive things. We now have discovered that these hormonal emails, the hormonal physiologic internet system of your body runs your brain, runs your gut, runs your kidneys, um, that works in consort with everything in your body. So if they are now, we live in a chemical soup where many of these chemicals can uh, freeze up your normal hormonal email system, we're looking at adverse consequences down the road, such as infertility, autism, behavioral issues, contributing to many of the woes that appear to be on the increase. So that's like a little bit of a summary about endocrine disruption. It's a very big deal. Um, in January 31st, 2017, Harvard put on a public forum. If you just Google Harvard public forum endocrine disruptors, you can get to it. Many of the scientists that I worked with at Tulane were part of that forum. And they said there's three major threats to humanity. The first is nuclear war. Everyone agrees on that. The second is global warming. Depends on who you voted for if you agree on that. And the third is endocrine disruption because it's affecting fertility, uh, the way you carry a baby to birth, the human brain. That's why my last book was called Sexy Brain because there's environmental castration and an environmental cognitive decline occurring. So it's a very big deal that people understand this so they can get some tools to reduce their exposure and keep their family and grandkids and all the future generations healthier as possible. Right. Um, it, it's so important. And I think a lot of times when people hear the word hormones or hormonal health, they're thinking estrogen, progesterone, testosterone only. And that a lot of times people think, oh, oh, if I'm not trying to get pregnant or if I'm not, um, you know, I'm not trying to have babies or something, like, then it doesn't really matter because my hormones are fine. But they impact us in so many ways. And yes, they do impact our cycle, women's cycles and fertility, but there's also a lot more that our hormones play a role in. And you touched on some of it when you mentioned something like autism, people are probably thinking, what does that have to do with hormones? Uh, but our, our hormones play a, a, such a big role in our health in, in a number of ways, right? Your hormones rule your brain. They totally rule your brain. Your hippocampus is the physiologic analogy of your soul. That's where you really live. You have the most blood flow. Each cell in the hippocampus has the highest concentration for cell volume of mitochondria. When a cell needs energy, it gets it from these organelles called mitochondria. So you're, you're, hippocampus really kind of runs who you are and it's got receptors which is how a hormone delivers its email to receptors completely flush for estrogen progesterone testosterone oxytocin and many other hormones in fact the one study it was a group of studies called the cash county studies out of utah where they were following people before they had dementia and followed them it was called a prospective study across time to see who developed dementia what reduced the incidence of dementia by 50%, nothing else has ever been able to do that, was if a woman had been taking estrogen for at least 10 years because the hippocampus is run by estrogen. So from a very early age, your brain, and even in the womb, your brain is affected by hormones. And if a woman during pregnancy or right before pregnancy is exposed to a lot of 
hormone disruptors, like she drinks a lot of Cokes or even uh, bubbly water out of cans that have the lining of bisphenol A. We now know that that has an effect on the baby's genes that help makes the baby's brain. Those babies have a higher incidence of autism. And all of these effects are what's called transgenerational. One woman's baby can be affected to this by the way that she lived. And then even if that baby doesn't have any more exposures, which we know all of us do have exposures, the next three to four generations are continually exposed. So this is a legacy that's passed on. So we must say the buck stops here with information from shows like yours to give us some tools with which to protect our genes and our signaling systems and the legacy of the generations to come. Okay, great, thank you. And let's let's kind of walk through a typical person's day, starting from the morning when we wake up, just to give people an idea of all the different ways that we're exposed. Okay, I just need to add one caveat. So one of the most important studies ever run was a set of studies called the TEAM studies put on by the EPA. And they put little monitors on a representative sample, a little under 4,000 Americans, to monitor their exposure to endocrine disrupting chemicals. Where do we get this stuff? And they published their data. It was very intricate, long-term study over 10 years. And they discovered that the bad news is, is that most of our exposure comes from our very own home. The good news is, is that most of our exposure comes from our very own home because we have, we're masters of our home, most of us, and we have control over that. So the biggest exposure they've discovered was in the bathroom in the morning. It starts with the shower. You actually are exposed by standing under a shower for a number of minutes to more water than you'll ever drink throughout the day. And we become all more mindful about ingesting water, but many of us are not mindful about the water we're exposed to in the shower. There's a lot of birth control pills and hormones in the water there. There's organic material that when it's combined and uh, swirls around before it comes out of the spout that makes trihalomethanes, carcinogens, and your pores are opening up wide under the heat of the water and you're taking it in. Buying a $50 Berkey shower filter <clears throat> and changing it every six months helps reduce about 95% of that exposure. It's an easy fix. You step out of the shower. Everyone always says, do you hop in the shower? But no one ever says, do you hop out of the shower? I've always wondered about that. <laughs> and you start using personal care products and already your pores are wider opened than normal because you've been in the heat. And the average team is exposed to 16 to 19 endocrine disrupting personal care products if they're not buying green products in the bathroom. And the adults a little bit tiny less than that. But that kind of starts your day in an endocrine disrupting way. And an endocrine disrupting way will keep the doctor on your way, not a way. So that's part of the issue. Um, we also track a lot of what's outside of the house into the house on the bottom of our shoes. So we talk a lot, and there's been intricate, elegant studies about cleaning pet paws and cleaning your own shoes four or five times, rubbing it on a mat outside the door, and four or five times rubbing it on a mat inside the door. Cornell did a whole bunch of set of elegant studies. Just doing that reduces a tremendous burden of chemicals. But a study came out last week was published in Environment and Buildings, and it really blew everybody's mind. Because a lot of contemporized homes are energy efficient, which means that the air is tightly held within the house. So they measured what was going on in 
modern air in these brand new homes if you had your homes built in the last five to 10 years. They discovered that most sheetrock is made of gypsum, which is recycled material and has a high mercury content. There's no safe level of mercury. People are trying to take it out of their amalgams and out of their mouth. It's in the home and it's all heavy metals are endocrine disruptors and they all put you at higher risk of breast cancer. They also found that these engineered click woods were all getting wood floors. If you don't get solid wood floors, anytime you use any kind of glue, there's urea formaldehyde in that. And it, even though there's CARB2 regulatory levels that keep it down and the salesperson will tell you, well, we, we're really in sync with California, which is such a mindful, stringent state, it all synergizes and there's an additive effect throughout the day where the levels go very, very high. So to protect yourself, you only want to use solid wood floor, don't want to use carpet. You want, if you already have that in your home, don't worry. Get freestanding air filters, like IQ air filters that they use at MD Anderson Surgical Theater, and it cleans out your air and open up windows even in the window, winter all throughout your home to move, to ventilate, move stuff out of your house. Now, when you get in your car, the big deal of exposure of your car is if the garage is attached. When you start the car, uh, pull it right out of the garage. Don't let it sit while you're futzing through your purse and going through everything because a lot of the chemicals in the fuel go right underneath the door that separates your garage to your home. And within a few minutes, Cornell found that those chemicals are up in the master bedroom. When you park your car, Park your car in the garage and let the door stay open a few feet. If you're in a dangerous area, just a few feet for five to 15 minutes will outgas a lot of that heavy chemical out into the um, street and to the community where it just becomes a smaller amount and a big set of air. But when it goes into your home, especially if you have young kids or you're going to get pregnant in the near future, all these chemicals add up. Yeah, I mean, those are, um, that's amazing. We've only just like, talked about part of the day, right? And that's just the home. And we haven't even talked about food and drinking water. Um, and, and so that's just, it's, it's just overwhelming. And it, we are trying to do a good thing by being more environmentally friendly and those materials that you've talked about of going more green and, and greener homes, more sustainable energy sa saving. There's, there's a lot of focus on that, but and I think that a lot of people think that it's, it means the same as being healthy and being healthy for your, a healthy home. But unfortunately it doesn't necessarily mean that. And I, I know I was looking at redoing the flooring in my home and I would talk it's to the huge, couple. it's huge. I had a flood recently yeah. and trying to find really healthy flooring that you can afford. It's mm -hmm. been stressful. Yeah. It's pretty much, I mean, it's all, I think the only thing is, like you said, hardwood floor, which is really expensive. Well, I found, you know, this is what, so I've been just, do, I just had a flood and I have to replace 1300 square feet of floor mm -hmm. and the insurance company only covered a small area because there was rug there before, which was an organic rug, but it still bothered me. I finally found that Bruce hardwood floors <clears throat> have solid wood floors. If you buy the solid woods, not the engineered woods and of all things, Home Depot, sells a line of Bruce hardwood floors that are affordable. It's still more than the $2.99 a square foot that you get 
at floor decor, lumber liquidators, or any of these other places, you know, it's about $4. You could get some good wood for $4 a square foot where the environmental places are mostly five to six to $10 a square foot. So there are some answers right now. I'm living with subfloors till I figured this whole thing out because you inhale all of that and it makes really a very big difference. Yeah. You know, I, I just want, it's such a big deal. When I first came out with this book, even my best friend was upset. She didn't want to read it. It was too doomsday. And now she won't buy anything without using the environmental working group app where you can zap a picture of a product and figure out where it's assessed because, you know, we're at the age where a lot of our friends are getting cancers and she really cares. But when, so I was a scholar at the think tank of the scientists who care about this issue. And for 33 years, they put on estrogens in the environment conferences. The last six or seven years were called EDOT hormones. People started to get so upset about all this information that there's almost no way, there's so much in our food, so much in our water, the air is surrounded by all of this chemicals, that at the evening dinners, the heads of environmental health science uh, universities from all of the major universities were starting to get drunk because they were so absolutely upset that there was no way back. So for the very last conference, because the Center for Bioenvironmental Research, that was the name of the think tank, closed down a few years ago. For the last conference, John McLaughlin, my mentor, said, forget all these doomsday. We're going to just put in calls for papers and presentations for remediation, for solutions. Let's see what's out there for answers. And we got scientists from all over the world giving such amazing answers where you can turn the worst things around. Lake Apopka, where Lou Gillette first found the feminized alligators, they've cleaned that entire lake up now. There are answers, but of course, government and regulatory bodies have to get on it, and consumers can call for that. But once again, you have so much control over your own home, where a lot of your major exposure comes from, which is why shows like this are absolutely invaluable. So don't get absolutely upset. That's the first part of awareness. Then realize that you can take action and there is hope. Right. And I, I do include a whole section in this in my book, Clean Skin from Within. In the clean body section, I talk about some of the things that you're talking about, taking your shoes off before you coming at the door instead of, instead of, you know, wearing your shoes and bringing tracking and everything, um, using, uh, water filtration systems for both for drinking water and for shower, home, bath, and all of that. And alternatives to cleaning products and home products. And there's a lot that we can do. I want to talk some more with you. Okay. And I just I have to say this one. These, these tips as you're going through like actual solutions, because that is, that's how we're going to change this is to yeah. actually come up with the solutions rather than just talking about the issue. Yeah. Well, because I had all this flood, I had to look at the floors and I dove into my pantry in the nooks and crannies and I found all these mouths, mice droppings. And I was horrified. And we discovered that there was a space around a pipe where mice were getting in. So they said, oh, well, you have to get this sprayable ins insulation, go over to Home Depot. I lifted up the can and the chemical content took the whole entire side of the can. Well, that's what everybody does to block holes. So what we did instead 
for like five, six bucks was we just put steel wool all around that piping and put a little screen and just screwed the screen around it. We totally kept the mice out with an alternative, low-tech, inexpensive answer. Don't take the answers from the professionals that are giving you a can with a whole list of chemicals on them. Don't spray your homes for bugs. Those pyrethroids that are the natural chrysanthemum chemical additive, they've been shown in um, a number of the environmental journals since 2006, 7, and 8 to cause learning disabilities and anger uh, issues in young kids because it's an endocrine disruptor that affects your kid's brain. So when something comes up in your family and you've got a bug, you've got a hole in the wall, you've got, you need new floor, you got to take the time to just look for natural answers that will expose your family to less, not more. Right. And, and then also the, um, you know, we talk about hormones, also it plays a role into uh, other big issues with, that are common in America, which is obesity and diabetes, right? So those are other, um, a, a lot of hormones impact those disease, those issue, health issues as well. So, I mean, I, it, it really, it, when you start to reduce the toxins in the environment, you start to look for solutions and alternatives. It, I mean, really, it's, it's important for all of us. It's not just a certain group of people or a certain, certain genetic predispositions. It's really all of us. I think that's so true. You know, depression and anxiety are really some of the biggest issues, and they're happening more and more in our children. Mm -hmm. And oxytocin is the hormone that makes you feel good with the world. It's one of the reasons it's a birthing hormone. It's not just a contractile hormone to make the uterus contract for birth or the milk to let down for lactation. It helps the baby feel right with the world when it's gone through the shock of birth. And many of these chemicals are oxytocin disruptors. And I've been thinking, and many, your neurotransmitters that give you the feel-good feelings follow your hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, around like little puppies. They're all intertwined. <clears throat> so a lot of our mental issues, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're having today, not all, everything's multifactorial, but I do believe that the endocrine disruption uh, phenomena is playing a huge role into so many people being trigger angry, unhappy. Anxiety and depression in our children is skyrocketing as it is around the world, but it's worse in America. And our kids, 10% of our kids have been documented now to have um, attention deficit disorder or aut somewhere on the autism spectrum more than any other country. And we use more chemicals and eat foods and plastics more than any other country. Absolutely. So I want to get back to personal care products a little bit and, and understanding what are the, some of the ingredients in most of the skincare products out there that are the biggest issues and, and why, what, what is actually going on with those? Well, you probably could do this even better, but for example, parabens um, are not good because parabens are endocrine disruptors. And there's a lot of things like EDTA. Uh, there's a, a number of different factors inside these products that act together to actually boost some of your tumor suppressor genes. So they have carcinogenic activity. So you have endocrine disruptors mixed together with DNA disruptors, and it's a recipe for disaster. And you're putting it all over your skin. We know you absorb all this through your skin because a lot of women take hormone replacement through topical delivery mode. So um, also, there can be, you know, if you, if you hold up a label and there's so many chemical polysyllabic terms 
that you don't even know what many of them mean, that you know that you're getting a huge wallop into your bloodstream. Um, uh, there was um, a Pakistani journal article that showed that some of the chemicals that they fed chickens to grow, which are similar to some of the personal care product chemicals, when they fed them to mice within six weeks, they developed hormone patterns that were exactly like polycystic ovarian syndrome. They would block the progesterone and elevate the testosterone within six weeks of consumption. So whatever you eat or you take on your skin has an immediate action in just a very few days. So if you're putting on um, sunscreen, if you're putting on skin lotion, if you're putting on lipsticks, a lot of lipsticks contain lead to stabilize the pink and red color. And even though um, organic lipsticks cost more money, you're swallowing that every time you eat. And red dye have been linked to an increased risk of breast cancer. I wrote about that in Hormone Deception. So the dyes and colors that also come in the personal care products. But one of the things, answer this for me. You know, it's difficult to ship things in glass. You can't do it. And so most personal care products come in plastic. So how do you, and so you have these clean, pristine ingredients but they're in plastic. So how does that all work? I've, I, it's, it's a conundrum, I think, but how does that work? It is a, it is a conundrum because when you, when you ship glass um, yeah. or when you put things in glass, and especially with having, um, you know, we, we ship all, you know, of course, you know, all skincare companies, we, we have to ship products. They, right. They're not just right. local. I mean, I guess if you make your own and you keep them in glass, then that would be ideal. Right. But, um, it's, it's so it's expensive. It's the, because of the weight you're having, you're using more, uh, fuel to transport it, all of that, those, those issues. And so, and then also then we used to have some of our products in, um, in glass and people would, they would break all the time. And, and, and right. so this issue, so is there something that you do to block it? Is it the right pH? So it won't take it or keep it out of the heat. Cause it's most, yeah. what do you do for that? Well, and one of the things too, the other thing with plastics is that most of them are not recyclable. The, the majority of the skincare products that you see on the shelves uh -huh. are not recyclable plastic. And so that was one thing I learned too, is it has to be recyclable plastic. Now, how did you figure that out? How did you figure out a recyclable? Good for you. I mean, right? that's like huge because that's going to be the wave of the future with plastics. So yeah. how did you figure that out? I'm impressed. Well, um, well, when I went to go to the, the um, packaging company where they have, you know, they have these warehouses with all the different containers that you could choose from. And I went in and I said, so where's the 100% recyclable containers? And this huge, huge room full of containers. And she points to this one little shelf. She said, that's it. I said, you mean all of these products in here, they're not recyclable? And she said, no. Uh, and she said, well, part this part, like she would take them apart and she'd be like, well, this part is recyclable, but all this outer part is not. And I don't think people know that. So that is, you know, something we looked at. Now, as far as the plastics getting into the products, we're just hoping that people use them up quickly. And um, I mean, it, we're using the products as they're as stable as possible. 
so that you're not getting any of the, the phthalates, the plastics in the product. I think that's um, so smart. If you buy a plastic personal care product, you need to use it within a month and then buy a new one later. That You need to constantly renew it. I mean, one of the biggest things that ever happened at Tulane at the think tank was one of the scientists discovered that if she took a plastic container and washed it in the dishwasher with regular harsh detergent, not the kind that you buy at Whole Foods or the green kind you can buy at many different grocery stores now, that it would cause little teeny scratches in it that you can't see. And when rodents that were pregnant were fed that water, their next generation were infertile. Mm -hmm. And this made, we had TV cameras come in and everyone, this was big, big news. So you don't want to have plastic laying around for a long time. You don't want to use all those products that are underneath your sink that have been sitting there since 1942 before World, you know, World II or something. You want to use them up. So it's, it, the, you have to use up your product pretty quickly and that will protect you better. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully we can find, we can get more plastics that are actually lined with something like, like a glass lining or something that is, that protects the products. But I mean, right now we're kind of limited with the, what's available to us. Um, so the nice thing is that women do tend to process phthalates and bisphenol A through their body faster than men do. Yeah. So it's interesting. That was a little factoid from, from one of the presenters yeah. at a, at a uh, different, um, study session was presented at one of the conferences, but you can move this stuff through you when you have regular detox. So detox right. needs to move mainstream and part of your life. But I, so is the plastic that you're using recyclable? Yes. hundred percent recyclable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is, everyone should buy your, your care, skincare <laughs> line. I mean, that is so important. You know, there's a big thing that came out two, three days ago that these young I think Asian students discovered that they could take cactus and make a plastic product that was then recyclable and it's going to be a big news. So with that forward thinking that you have, that's huge. And if we care about the planet, besides the great ingredients that are safer and healthier, that is a big reason to move and work together with you and what you do. Thank you. Thank you. So another thing that that concerns me and that you know I think is important to talk about is the combination of all of these chemicals in our bodies and that that actually is research that hasn't been done very much of right Well it's so interesting that you say that you know common sense says we live in a um huge chemical soup and there's got to be a lot of synergistic activity and additive activity so my mentor Dr. John McLaughlin is considered one of the fathers of endocrine disruption because the model for endocrine disruption was diethylstilbestrol, the first synthetic, most powerful estrogen ever invented by Sir Charles Dobbs, given to pregnant women as a prenatal vitamin for almost 36 years till it was labeled a class one carcinogen. And Sir Charles Dobbs went on to create the field of plastics. So he took the molecular structure of estrogen and he made that the basic structure of plastics, which is why they have so much estrogenicity. So John figured out the DES story, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, and he wrote an article that he published in Science about the additivity and synergistic behavior of living in a world with so many chemicals at the same time. At that time in history, his research couldn't be replicated at that time. And he almost was his career was almost ruined because it's a big deal in science. Your data needs to be replicated by another independent laboratory for it to have legs. Mm 
for it to have some power. And he, I mean, he had to go almost on, on antidepressants. It was a very big deal that this happened in his career. And now article after articles are coming out when people have more sensitive machinery and analysis um, capabilities to show that yes, indeed, and it's only common sense, when you have a whole bunch of chemicals, they can all make things work worse together and they can have impact on each other. And we don't know very much about it, but we do know that because that makes sense, and even though John in the beginning was the first person on the front lines that was vilified, we do know that the more you can reduce exposure from morning till night and from preconception to seniorhood, the better and safer you shall be. It's a dictum that makes common sense without making yourself crazy. And one of the things I say in hormone deception, so you don't get absolutely discombobulated and stressed out, is that all you have to do is improve yourself about 25 to 50%. You don't have to be perfect. They looked at the sperm of Danish farmers. And they looked at farmers who were organic and ate a percentage of their diet as organic food. And they looked at motility and shape of sperm, which are the hallmarks of sperm health. And then they looked at farmers who weren't organic and weren't eating any organic food. And these studies, which I talk about in Hormone Deception, showed that if they just ate 25% of their diet as organic, they had much happier, healthier, better shaped, better swimming around, better motility sperm. You didn't have to eat 100% of the time organic. So I say to people, don't get so stressed out. If you try and be 100% perfect, you're going to let everything go and say, forget it. It's too much. But if you just each week do a very few number of things that are doable, manageable, then take a breath. It's improving everything. Yeah, absolutely. So the big things, the big takeaways here are to reduce your exposure to toxins, air, water, food, your home, personal care products, all that. All the things you have control over are the places to start, right? Just reduce your total exposure and that's going to make a big difference. Like eating organic, putting a, a filter in your, um, in your shower, like you mentioned, air filter in the home. It's just some basic things that, that can help reduce uh, your exposure. And then you also mentioned detoxification. Right, so and it, it, we want to make sure that our detoxification pathways are working really well, so that whatever we can't avoid, whatever we are still exposed to, because we can't avoid 100%, that we are doing everything we can to help our bodies. Right. So, what do you recommend as far as detoxification? Um, well, first of all, if you read Hormone Deception, I give all these things. I take you on a tour of your your home, your office, your supermarket cart. I talk about detox. Detox is real. We've been doing it in firemen. They're the most exposed profession that we have. And a lot of times they go into burning buildings and they get cognitive decline and very ill and we want to get them back on the job. So they've started detoxing firemen in the 1950s and publishing that data, which is what I've used to really be the foundation for a lot of my um, detoxification programs because those were studied, they were used in humans, they were proved to be effective, they got these guys back on track. So there's many different things. You can do short detoxes, big detoxes. You just have to constantly detox because you're constantly exposed. Like a one little simple thing to do is before you work out, take a little bit of B vitamins because that'll make your bloodstream move faster to move more things out as you sweat. And if you take a little bit of modified citrus pectin, um, it's a powder. It helps disassemble a lot of these chemicals that are stored inside your fat cells. And um, 
if you mix it with a tiny bit of stevia and water because it doesn't taste all that phenomenal, but with stevia it kind of blocks the taste. Just one little scoop of that in water a day is very, very gentle detox throughout the day. Don't use nonstick cookware. Uh, don't buy furniture with stain, you know, with um, non-stained fabric because all of those things are shown to have that. But if nothing else motivates you, my gang at Tulane combined their efforts with Harvard researchers. And they did this amazing article that they published in Plus One in February 2017. And they took a whole bunch of women, you know, the biggest battle we have is weight, right? The biggest battle, it's, it's, it's harder to lose weight in 2019 than it was in um, 1980. Much harder for many of us, not all of us. So they took a whole bunch of women, put them on a weight loss, sensible diet, like a Mediterranean style diet with some exercise, got the majority of these ladies to lose weight. And then they measured a number of endocrine disruptors in their bloodstream. The ones they choose were nonstick cookware and flame retardants. By the way, there's a lot of flame retardants in the ocean and fish. It's in everywhere. You know, it's not just in mattresses. And the women who had the highest level of these chemicals in their bloodstream gained the weight back the fastest and gained the most back. They were the yo-yoers the most because their endocrine disruptors were making their fat cells act nasty. So a number of endocrine disruptors today are called obesogens. Bruce Blumberg was a biologist um, in Southern California at UCLA um, that has come up with this term. I interviewed him for hormone deception. He's actually just written a book on the obesogen effect. So if you want to help stay thinner, longer, or beat the battle of the bulge, you also got to detox. So you have to get the stuff out of you that's already in you and decrease your exposure to the stuff. So just not using nonstick cookware is a big start. That's big. That nonstick cookware aerosolizes when you heat up the pan and, and everyone in your family is inhaling it and it's making all of your fat cells act against your efforts. So these are things if you just know, you know, if nothing else will invigorate and motivate you to try and decrease exposure, the idea, because we get the most exasperated with how difficult it is to lose weight. And that's also helpful. If you detox along with weight loss on a regular basis, you tend to have much more management over your, um, the size of your waist. hundred percent. That's so, so true. And those components in nonstick cookware and the, the, um, stain resistant chemicals in, in furniture, those are the ones that are really hard to remove from the body, right? Those are the ones that really stick around and they stay in the body more so than like you mentioned phthalates or some of these other components. Well, you know, so they're, all these chemicals are lipophilic. They love oil. They love fat. That's why they store in fat cells. So often in times when you do a detox, you'll add a lot of really healthy oil to your detox, like olive oil um, or sesame oil. You'll add while you're doing the detox really healthy oils throughout the day and make sure you're not taking in bad oils. And that helps pull those chemicals along with something like modified citrus pectin out of your cells. You literally can chelate them out of your cells and get rid of them through your feces and your urine. So it's possible to do it, but you want, you want to have really a good oil intake, avocados, olives, um, and olive oil and things. I'm not sure coconut oil craze is really big. It's not, it's not a bad oil, but it's not one of those oils that helps you detox. It's, there's, I don't think there's anything, honestly, in my opinion, that can take the place of, of 
cold pressed virgin organic olive oil. So I'm a big fan of using a lot of that. There's so much data on olive oil, helpful on multiple levels, but the big thing is it also helps detox. Great. Awesome. So this has been so fascinating. We could talk. I, I could keep asking you questions. We could talk for, for I days. love answering them. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to have you back on another time. But we wanted to do a good overview today. So tell everybody where they can learn more about you, where they can get your book and, and get, you know, just find more information, follow you on social media. So I'm, uh, I'm very active on Facebook at Dr. Lindsay Berkson and at David Key Lindsay Berkson. I've got a private and a professional. Very soon I'm opening up a membership and my Facebook postings, which I've been doing religiously every day for 12 years, is going to go private. And um, because I've been doing all of this as because I love to serve, even though I'm not a servant. And I also have a radio show, Dr. Berkson's Best Health Radio, and I interview, I just interviewed Dr. Bredesen, who is reversing Alzheimer's, and I also have shows where I just talk about what's going on in the news. And because I've been in practice over 40 years and written 21 books and have had radio shows most of that time, I also have a degree in radio and TV besides medicine, but you tend to see a bigger picture with all this data coming out. And you have all these fascinating little stories of patients and bumping into the scientists that came up with that theory. And like Corbin came up with the evening primrose theory. And I was at the conference where he first years ago, it was 43, 44 years ago, where he first proposed that theory and debated Donald Rudin and um, got to hang out with Dr. Horobin and a lot of women with menstrual cramps just go on evening primrose oil and they never have a menstrual cramp again, all based on his work and he's not with us anymore today. So there's a lot, there's no substitute for experience and having been around for a long time. So I kind of seed a lot of my blogs and my radio shows with that kind of thing. But what I'm mainly doing is my main gig these days is I teach as a professor for A4M, which is one of the functional medicine certification programs and PCCA. So I teach once or twice a month around the world. I'm going in two weeks to Toronto to talk to a few thousand pharmacists. So if you're in an area where I'm lecturing, it's always nice to kind of hop in because it'll be hours during the day and then you can come up and say hello. So I'm trying to make myself available as more and more of my colleagues pass away. And there's only so many of us that have been in the field since its beginning. So I like to be available. So stay tuned for my membership. You can go to my website, drlindsayberkson.com and sign up for free on my membership site and then find out when things are happening. And then every now and then I send out an update and I try and mix it with what's going on with things that are happening that are pertinent for you. Okay, great. And we'll have those links up on, in the show notes too, to your website. And, um, and so it's been so fascinating. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing and all of your research, your dedication to this, this, this field. It's, it's so vital and important to really clean up these, these toxins from our environment, from our bodies, so that we can be healthier, not just now, but for many generations to come. Well, I love that you're doing the show because there is hope, but only if we all take action. 
And I love what you've done with your products. I don't think there's anybody else who's done that. I mean, you, we should be shouting from the, the rooftops because that's what we need to do is have people with that sense of responsibility and accountability for doing that. So good for you. So I learned that by being on your show today. I always learn a few pearls myself after trying to share some. And we're all women and we love bling and jewelry. So I love when we're just stringing together the pearls and making all this fabulous um, art, which is really living life more as an art rather than a total struggle. So thank you for what you do too. All right. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Berkson. To learn more about her, you can go to thespadoctor.com. Go to the podcast page with her information and you'll find the links to her book, her website in the show notes. While you're at thespadoctor.com, I encourage you to join our community so you don't miss our upcoming shows on The Spot Doctor. Also, if you haven't taken the skin quiz already, then I encourage you to do that. Just go to theskinquiz.com and it's a free online quiz you can take it learn what information your skin's trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it at theskinquiz.com and i invite you to join me on social media or on instagram facebook pinterest twitter youtube and you can join the conversation there the spot doctor is where you can find us doctor is abbreviated DR. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor podcast. Mm-hmm.